it's going to be tough against like those guys. Now he's just a four and Miami better figure that out. Just like we did. Yeah. We want to sign a whole bunch of fives. Who whose front court is really like that Have much a good four and a five. I don't, I don't know any teams in the league, not too many teams in the league that have a good four and five. No, uh uh-uh. uh. I guess I guess the Bucks would have a good five and a four and they won the championship. No. Hey, Lopez. You crazy. What where do you think <laughs> Lopez ranks in center rankings? Ahead of Capella. Hell no. Hell yes. Hell no. Why not? Why why do you think that Clint Capella we could just, oh, I mean we ain't started, so yeah. yeah. Man, hold on. This man averaged seven points. Who, Lopez? And four rebounds. Who did? Robin Lopez. Oh, Brooke Lopez. Wrong Lopez. Boy. <laughs> I'm finna cut you out. I said four rebounds? First of all, it ain't no reason for you to be eight feet tall averaging four rebounds, dog. That's a rebound a quarter. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you too big to be that sorry. I've been ducking the overnight activist, yeah. I'm not a trending topic, I'm a prophet. I answer to Metatron, Nick Gabriel. Bitch, looking for a better me. I am a legacy. I come from the 70, the Al Green, Nosprey, guns and the melody. The big shot, wrist on cryotherapy. Soon as I press that button, nigga, better get right like the emblem coming. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to part two of episode 21 of the Splash Cast. I'm your co-host, Reggie. I'm your co-host, Norwood. And yes, Reggie said it right. This is part dose. Part Dos. Let's get it to it. Let's get it to it, ladies and gentlemen. In this episode, we're going to talk about NFL news around the league as well as college football news. We got actually we have some NCAA basketball news that we're going to cover as well as NBA news around the league and trending topics. Let's start with the NFL, man. Have you been watching Hard Knocks? Yes, I've been watching Hard Knocks. Number one, I don't care about Hard Knocks. I care about the cameraman who does the entry shot every episode, He's give that man a raise and then give a, give him a raise on top of that raise. When he flew that that drone through that Ford F-150, I said, oh, man, this guy is in a whole <laughs> He is good. <laughs> ah, yeah, so Hard Knocks, man, it's, it's been very entertaining. If you have a chance, it's on HBO. Uh, go ahead and give it a look. They 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 highlight especially Dak Prescott man um, him returning from his gruesome gruesome injury that they showed ten times in a row. Um, speaking of the Cowboys, do you think that they're actually going to be any good this year? Are they real? The editing looks fantastic. They look what what Jerry Jones is putting out for Hard Knocks looks amazing. Is it legit? I have not the slightest clue. Um, <laughs> I just don't know, man. Like it's the, the Cowboys are like the Falcons. Even if you're a supporter of their team, deep down in your heart, you don't trust them that much. And it's Jerry. Jerry Jerry's a whole wild card in yeah. himself. Well, Jerry's kind of subdued though. He's 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 stepped back. What? What did you just say, Richie? I said he stepped back a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, two steps forward, one step back. But <laughs> still progress, huh? You still Man. out there crossing the line, brother. Man. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think the Cowboys would be decent. Uh, uh, their division is so horrible. Uh, they're going to win the division out of default. But shout out to us being able to play that division. So <laughs> we both in the same boat. We about to play all the same sorry-ass teams together. Yep, yep, yep. Moving on, moving on, moving on. There's been some quarterback battles around the NFL. Uh, 49ers with uh Trey area versus Jimmy G the pass with Cam versus Mac Jones the Bears with Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton Teddy two gloves versus Jim, uh Jim Locke 
Jake Lock. And it don't matter whatever his name is. <laughs> and then lock Trevor Lawrence. Key, lock it up. You number two, brother. <laughs> and then guard Trevor Lawrence versus Gardner Minshew. Let's start with the 49ers, Trey versus Jimmy G. It seems like everybody knows that Trey is about to be, to me, it's obvious that Trey Lance is the best quarterback on that roster. You know, uh, this is the point where you you have a girlfriend, but you have started talking to this other woman, and you're trying to, like, ease her on out of the door and move on to your next, and she don't know. She's going to be shocked. <laughs> Jimmy's going to be shocked. Um, but, yeah, your time. It's, it's like when you buy a woman to watch, your time's counting down, brother. Yeah, man. Jimmy, Jimmy G is the only one that doesn't know that he's out of there. But you out of there, brother. It's just when, not if. And then you have Cam Newton versus Mac Jones for the Pats. And it seems that the Patriots are actually frustrated with Cam Newton. For those that don't know, Cam has had COVID, what, twice? And he keeps violating the COVID-19 protocols amid the competition. Yo, Lamar, see- Lamar and Cam catch COVID. Boy, they catch a cold. Yeah. And... If you know anything about the culture up there in New England, ain't no room for, for dilly-dally. Ain't no room for them to – there's no room for insubordination. And Cam is being insubordinate. He is not following protocols, and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft about to get him out of there. And you know Boston don't like him as a quarter as a quarterback anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and say – Mac Jones is going to win that competition because Cam is going to disqualify himself. I'm, uh, I don't like you. I don't like Mac, and I don't like Cam, and I don't like that their names are the same name, just backwards. Um, throw both of these guys <laughs> away. Uh, throw one of them away now, and throw one of them away in a week. Uh, I've been a big proponent of Cam Newton has not been good in a very long time, and I don't think that Mac Jones has ever been good because he plays with the best receiving core. In, in college football, in a better receiving core than some in the NFL at Alabama. Yep, yep. So, Mac's going to win that one. And then, speaking of people that are delusional, you have Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton in Chicago. And Andy Dalton says that Justin Fields is going to be a great quarterback. This is my time to shine. What, man? You definitely aren't starting or shouldn't be the starter. If this is time to shine on social media, we could all get here, get together, laugh at him, <laughs> say this crazy foolishness. Um, but shining on that on that field, sir, you're delusional. Um, put all of the drugs down. Take you a nap and drink you some water, my friend. Yeah, man, that red rifle ain't got no bullets, brother. It is a wrap. But uh, so I, I think Justin Fields, I will say Andy Dalton probably will start the beginning of the season just because they don't want to throw Justin Fields out there. Uh, that last game that Justin played against Buffalo, he got Molly Wap not looking at the blitz. Oh, and, he, and he said the game was slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they was like, oh, you think it's slower? All right. We gonna, mind you in preseason, they ain't doing nothing exotic. They said, okay, we're going to throw some exotic in there. You've been on that mid early. We'll throw some exotic in there. Mm-hmm. Laid him out. But like I said, in order to protect him, I think that Andy Dalton is going to start, but he'll end up, he's Andy Dalton's going to stink it up anyway. And then my man, Teddy Two Gloves. What were you about to say? No, I mean, I agree. Like, let him start. It's one of those where it's one of those situations where get him out there, let him play. Y'all just going to look, y'all going to make, let him look keep bad. Losing. Yeah, yeah. Keep losing. Let, let me save these miles. We're probably not that good anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, right, y'all. Go ahead. Get on out there, Red Rifle. Get destroyed. But as a defense, though, that sucks because their defense is actually pretty decent. So, you know, it is what it is. And then, of course, oh, Teddy, you said Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Two Gloves out there went to Denver, and everybody thought that it was just a, a formality that he was going to be the backup and ended up winning the job against Drew Locke. That's his name, Drew Locke. Yeah, winning the oh, job. he had no chance of winning the job. He didn't even know his name. Judge, yeah, Jake. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> Second string. That's what it is. Second string yeah. lock is the name of your. So, I fully expect for the Broncos to probably end up trading Drew Lock for some picks. Um, they're not going to be competitive know. this year. I, they're I not think be competitive. I think they like Drew Lock a little bit because he's been there for a minute. I, I feel like. Two years. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they probably would keep. I mean, and as much as I like Teddy, and I like Teddy a lot, I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to keeping Drew Lock around just in case. Just in case, yeah, because yeah. he is, he is injured prone, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So, but yeah, shout out. We wanted to shout out the black, more black quarterbacks. Teddy, shout out to Teddy. What'd you say, oh, Noah? Didn't we go over it? Oh, before we before we get to that. And then there's Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Now, Urban Meyer tried to put on the worst poker face ever, talking about I don't have not named a starting quarterback, have not named a starting quarterback, have not named a starting quarterback, but you drafted Trevor Lawrence number one overall. And as I said before, I ain't never seen in the history of football that the NFL that I've been watching where the number one, number one overall pick that's a quarterback does not start day one. Never seen that. So, Urban, your poker face is terrible. And he finally named uh, Trevor Lawrence the starting quarterback against versus Gardner Minshew. You mean he and, told us something that we, we all already knew? <laughs> uh, I got the answers. I got the answers, man. We all got the answers. We told you what the answer was. <laughs> we told but, you you look stupid saying that the earth was flat. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in – as confirmation, Gardner Minshew, for all that's being said, was the, was the starting quarterback before Trevor Lawrence. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. And they have now traded him to the Eagles for a conditional six-round pick that turns to a fifth-round pick if he plays 50% of the snaps in three games. And, of course, everybody knows that the Eagles' starting quarterback situation after Carson Wentz left is unsettled. I think they gave it to uh, Jalen as – kind of default because they don't really have too many other people if i'm not mistaken but now bringing in um gardner Minshew to go along with flacco and jalen that breeds a little bit of competition and it probably will push jalen and gardner Minshew to be better it really doesn't move the needle though your division and team still suck equals what you got norwood if gardner Minshew, we knew <laughs> this type of stuff why are you doing this, man? Gardner Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess, man. Um, so moving on, staying with the Jaguars. The Jaguars had two first round picks this year, Travis, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and then his teammate, Travis Etienne. And it has turned out that Travis Etienne has been shut down for the year. What they thought was a midfoot sprain turned out to be the Liz Frank injury that most basketball players get when yeah. you break, you have a hairline fracture in your foot. And he is now out for the season. So that sucks, man. And it's just going to get Trevor Lawrence beat up even more because now you don't have a running game. And you're probably going to get Urban Meyer fired faster. Uh, I do like Etienne. I wanted to see what he looked like in the pros. I, I like to watch you know, him play with, Cl- with Clemson. He catch the ball out of the backfield. He was a multifaceted running back for him to sit down for an entire season, man. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But hopefully, hopefully get well soon, get well soon, get well soon. Moving on, everybody knows that there's been this controversy about vaccination and NFL players in the league. And one of the ones at the forefront who's been one of the most outspoken players has been Cole Beasley. Uh, Cole Beasley, if you remember, Cole Beasley said he would rather retire versus getting the vaccination. Um, I don't think anybody would miss Cole Beasley also. Really? I mean, he's a he's a good slot receiver. But you're just saying it's a lot of Cole Beasley's everywhere. Beasley, Beasley's everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> he has been sent. He was sent home for the next five days. And he actually makes a point. He was sent home for five days out of COVID-19 protocols. Uh, but he, he said he said that he's produced negative tests. Every time for every day that he's been home, but you're not vaccinated. This is not it's not about you producing negative tests. It's more about liability. You're not vaccinated and the person, somebody you are around a person that had COVID-19. And it's football. It's a close contact sport. Like I could understand if you was working from home and you say, yeah, and you're following the rules. And I don't care what you do, but you are literally sweating, sneezing, coughing, spitting, like everything like, but people are entitled to do whatever they want to. But they're going to keep sending y'all guys down if y'all don't get vaccinated. Cam, Lamar, Cole Beasley, John Stockton, anybody else who's anti-vaxxed. John Stockton. John Stockton, I mean, anti-vax too. Yeah, he is. He is. He's at home. So, uh, Cole, get it together, Cole. 
And he's upset because he actually still he he didn't the thing about Kobe is he didn't even want to wear a mask. He's like, I'm not wearing a mask. I was like, eh, you sir, whatever. First, we first of all, you're gonna wear a mask, or I'm gonna beat you up. One or the two. No, I'm gonna beat you, beat you up because that means you got I, you, the COVID that you got. You is more easily transmissible. Oh, you're right. You're transmissible. right. Transmissible. I don't want to be around you at all. Yeah, you're right. Hey, some come somebody come get your man. I'm not trying to be catching COVID, beating this man up. You're right. I yep. digress. <laughs> when you're wrong, you got to know you're wrong. Um, but moving on, moving on. Uh, the Rams made a move. The Rams traded for Sony Michelle. They sent a six-round pick and a fourth-round pick to New England for Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle was their first-round pick in 2000, and I want to say 18. He was the 31st pick, uh, right? And they ended up – he was an integral part in them winning the Super Bowl that that year. But uh, he ended up getting hurt the next year, and he has not been the same since. You know who this sounds like? Todd Gurley. Man, exactly who it sounds like. What yep. What is the curse over there where every time they get a guy, he starts playing good, he gets hurt, and then that's it. But the thing about Sonny Michelle, he got hurt, and then when he came back, a lot of players, they, they already had like two or three running backs anyway. So he had to work his way back up the death chart. This is good for the Rams because the Rams first round draft pick last year was Cam Akers. And he was an aberration for them. He was awesome. Okay. And he ended up tearing his Achilles this summer. So that's the reason that they have to go get a running back. Well, now that you have Sony Michelle and Cam Akers looking past this year, you could end up with the two-headed monster that the Cleveland Browns had. Remember, the Browns drafted Nick Chubb, and then they signed um, – what's his name? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So they they signed Kareem Hunt. Now they got a two-headed monster. That could be what you see from the Rams with Cam Makers and Sony Michelle, and it could be a problem. So good mm. luck to Sony Michelle, man. You got to show me. And, you know, I still don't believe in your boy, UGA product, Matt Stafford. So – We'll see. We shall see. Yeah, we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole. But yeah. uh, that's that's not a rabbit hole. That's a garbage can. My bad. Did I say that out loud? Ooh, he's better than Tim Tebow. Uh, moving on, going to uh, Philip Rivers. Megatron. Sure. <laughs> Tim Tebow had to bury his Thomas. Ain't Megatron. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Demary Thomas. A lot of things. What he ain't never gonna be <laughs> is Megatron. Not now. Not tomorrow, not ever. Uh, that's true. That's true. Moving on, moving on, man. Shout out to, we want to shout out Philip Rivers. A couple episodes, we talked about Philip Rivers. He retired and immediately became the head coach of a high school. Uh, he ended up winning his first game as head coach, 49 yes. to nothing. So this is my thing. When we actually covered this initially, I said, man, I would really like to play for Philip Rivers. And mm. then you go out and score 49 points. And beat them, and yeah, and give them a goose egg. Yeah, that's the team I want to play for. Let's score a bunch of points and destroy people. Yep, I yep. was right. Yep, yep. Philip Rivers, man, he they out there balling, and it looks like he's better than Adam Gase. He so Adam Gase, <laughs> <laughs> who ain't better than Adam Gase? I help myself, man. That I ain't never seen a fall Neither. from grace where you go from NFL head coach to offensive coordinator for a high school all of that just irritates me to know him adam gase is hot garbage sam darnold is hot garbage they should have never even either one of those guys should have been in the position they were in yep yep that is true that is true speaking of annoying to no end the we reported last year last week that it was in talks of the acc big 10 and pac 12 were discussing an alliance after the SEC got Oklahoma and Texas into their league. Well, it looks like now that that historic alliance is moving forward and the dust has settled and the ink has dried. The ACC and Big Ten and Pac-12 announced a historic alliance and 41 world-class institutions across uh, five conferences to collaborate on the future evolution of college athletics in an interconference scheduling alliance. So basically, they gave all the those three conferences ended up giving all of these reasons why they did it. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight reasons. 
student athlete, mental and physical health, safety, wellness, and support, strong academic experience and support, diversity and inclusion, social justice, gender equality, future structure of the NCAA, federal legislative efforts, postseason championships, and future formats. Let me tell you something. The mother seven, they were supposed to be working on that anyway. This is all about postseason championships and future formats in football. Norway, what's your thoughts on this, man? I know you hate it, but what's your thoughts on this? My issue is the issue that everybody should have with this. Is that this is clearly just, this is clearly everybody getting together to try to compete with the SEC. Mm-hmm. And if you're scared, just say you're scared. It's no need for you to come up with all these pillars of, of BS. No, man. We don't like that we can't compete with the SEC. And now we're desperate. So instead of just getting our teams to be better, we'll just make an alliance with the entire country and compete with one, <laughs> one small region. So um, what, what this stands out for me is the scheduling portion of it, right? Because the Pac-12 is so top-heavy. Everybody says the SEC is top-heavy, but every, every conference is top-heavy. But there's not as much parity and balance in the ACC, Big 12. I mean, ACC, Pac-12, and Big 10. It is parity. They, they all trash together. <laughs> so all now, trash together. Now they're talking about with their scheduling. So now Clemson can play Ohio State. Uh, the Big 10, I don't know anybody else. In the, Michigan can play Louisville, I guess. I don't I mean, Nobody cares about that game. Oregon can play or Oregon can play Michigan. You know what I mean? Like, so they're trying to beef up their matchups because the SEC week in and week out is so strong. You got Florida playing Alabama, then Alabama playing Auburn, and Auburn playing Georgia, then Georgia playing Florida, then LSU playing all everybody. Like you have a week in, week out, like when it comes to strength of schedule that you you just can't beat. What you mean? So what you're saying is there are teams, there are conferences that have multiple good teams. Who knew you could do that? the sec exactly. <laughs> so i don't i don't I, and while we got to get stuck hey, both of us while we got to get stuck in the good conference man put florida in acc let's whoop on their head or send us to the big 10 <laughs> play one game a season come on man uh one thing i didn't see was when this alliance is supposed to take place they did hey. not say when i guess it's immediate go ahead and start that now don't nobody care <laughs> and then had the nerve listen to these one more time student athlete mental and physical health safety wellness and support what what does this have to do with trying to get everybody to you know when you just nothing. be putting nothing. Be putting stuff on your paper so that it looked like that you did a lot of work and it's mm-hmm. really only one thing that you did hey, a whole bunch of quotations yeah <laughs> yeah that's true that's true now i will say Something else that stood out is really the last three. I said it was the last one, postseason championship to future formats. But now they're in the position to kind of like control sports, like the future structure of the NCAA. And I don't know about legislative efforts other than bribery. So I don't I don't, I don't know about that. But, you know, they, they're positioned now to have the majority votes. They just basically stuffed the ballot. Yeah, that's what you got to do when you can't compete. Still not going to win any more national championships. Let me tell you. <laughs> so a whole true, lot of work true. to get nowhere. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we come to the end of our football segment, ladies and gentlemen. Nord, if you don't have anything else, let's move on to some basketball news. No, nah, let's just start the season, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm about to watch this Nebraska-Illinois game. That lets you know how desperate I am to just watch any football at this point. And college football season is here. And... Come on, homecoming. Do you do do what homecoming needs to do? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into some basketball. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with our basketball segment news around the NBA, as well as we got some college basketball news. So before we get into the NBA, uh, we have some news we wanted to talk about. For those that don't know, uh, Anthony Penny Hardaway is the coach at the University of Memphis. He's the men's basketball coach, and he ended up signing or getting the number three player to commit to them, Any Money Bates. 
Norwood, what's your thoughts on this man? Imani Bates is, is being touted as a generational talent. He's a six foot nine small forward out of Michigan. So we got to get like, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody go directly into something and immediately kind of be the man. And Anthony Hardaway, yeah. first you get Wiseman and then you come back. And Imani Bates, for all intents and purposes, looks like, looked like he was going to hit the D League or go play somewhere else. Mm-hmm. For him to even to, to come to Memphis is amazing. And and Anthony Hardaway, man, Anthony is making it difficult on a lot of you guys who've been doing this job a long time. Uh, he is. <laughs> he is, man. I, you know, the first person I think he's going to get out of there or that may retire is not because he's not getting the recruiting that he's used to is Calipari. Calipari going to get out of there. Man. That's... So you, you see Mike Krzyzewski got out of there. Calipari or is getting out of there. Calipari get going to get out of there. It's man. over. And imagine if you really got like Memphis is a basketball school ish, but imagine mm-hmm. if you really got him to like one of those top schools. You're going like who doesn't want to play for Anthony Hardaway? Some of us right. grew up wanting to be Anthony Hardaway. Like I still look for his shoes. <laughs> like, man. like he, he, he he's he's easily he's, relatable. He's got the culture. He's got the basketball knowledge. What are you about to say? One of the original like. Humbo guards, I can do everything because I'm tall, but I'm a savage ball handler. Like, yeah, man, he man. he he just he just got hurt, but man, he he's in that mode of that was supposed to be the post Jordan evolution of the shooting guard. It was supposed yeah. to be him and Grant Hill. Him and Grant Hill was supposed to be the next great thing at AI. Those three, AI was the one that stayed healthy. Yes. But my thing is, like, all this does, like, now more guys are going to want to go play there. Hey, you got Wiseman, you got Bates. I think I can find a way to get over there and see what they got going on. Lottery pick, lottery pick. Yeah. Easily. And now you can pay the players and you could, man, Um, you out here, dog. And that's so what got him jammed up with, with – with, well, nah, that was a little – that was a different situation with Wiseman. It was Reggie, but, Bush, Reggie Bush situation. He bought him a house to yeah. get him over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, though. But at the end of the day, man, shout out to Penny. Do your thing, man. We're going to follow your program uh, and keep winning, man. Keep doing your thing. Keep winning, dude. Keep winning, man. We shout – yeah, we're, we're happy for you. Uh, moving on, moving on, moving on. Now we're going to get into some news around the NBA. Norwood, we actually had a list going, but you just brought something up that I feel is very important to talk about. Uh, Go ahead. Of course, as we record, there's always going to be breaking news. I don't know why people decide between 9.30 and like 1 p.m. on Saturday, hey, let's just throw some things and nobody knew what's happening. Uh, But Sham Sharnia, NBA insider, just reported that referees, coaches, front office executives and all other personnel who interact with the players all have to be vaccinated. Hmm. I don't know if I like this. Uh, I mean, I get it a little bit. I get the part that the players are your assets. So you got to do everything that you can to protect them, Mm -hmm. but requiring a vaccination. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a game to work for a team seems like a stretch Mm -hmm. and what about if people don't i don't know what happens if you're if your uh immune system is already compromised so what about if you already have some type of sickness or illness yeah yeah like like how does this affect jeff green yeah like it's a lot of people like but yes i just don't know how i feel about requiring these that everybody puts this foreign substance in their body we don't know people's level of health. We don't know people's religious beliefs. That is a, you really teetering now. Um, and yeah, what about if you already have an illness? Like, I'm not necessarily like, oh, yeah, I can deal with my illness and, and this COVID booster. I'm not sure. So how are you, how are you, how do you have this stance when they're requiring everybody except for the players to get vaccinated? but you have the stance against Cole Beasley who refuses to get vaccinated. I don't, I don't, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And and like, what do you consider like people who interact with the players every day? That's, that's almost everybody. Or if that's not everybody, then that's like one degree of separation from everybody. Well, the thing is, I think 
the, I think the players bucked at getting the getting the vaccination as well. And I think this is the NBA's way of kind of like herd immunity, right? If everybody else gets vaccinated, then technically the players then shouldn't get COVID. But allegedly, no, allegedly they, these players right. are they still be in the streets. Yeah, unless you're gonna require everybody who comes in contact with the NBA player to be vaccinated, which I'm gonna tell you right now is impossible. Impossible. So I, <laughs> Jimmy Bro, exactly. never mind, never mind, never mind. Oh Lord, oh Lord. <laughs> Lady, all, that day already ended the show. Just let her live, man. <laughs> mm. She's not there. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So I think that's a that's a Reg, Reggie said she was out there. I respect that woman, and I don't know what she was doing other than reporting, and that's it. <laughs> Reggie right, just I said just because I said she was out there doesn't mean I don't respect her. That's a wild statement. But anyway. Well, why, why you got to say she has? Boy, I was going to turn this podcast up, boy. Turn it I, up. Turn it up. Uh, turn it, turn it up. Uh, no, uh, let's get to episode 100 before we get canceled. <laughs> um, but anyway, getting back on track, getting back on track. It's going to be very interesting how they enforce this and how this, how this evolves, right? Because every plan that you come out with has to evolve and, and go through it, go through its life cycle. Moving on, moving on. It came out that Dane said he's not leaving Portland. But that was not a period after Portland. That was a comma. Not right now, at least. What does that tell you, Norwood? I'll tell you what it tells me after you tell me what you think. You already know what it means. Anytime somebody say, I'm not leaving yet, that means they're getting their, for, uh, their affairs in order so that they can leave you <laughs> where you stand. <laughs> uh, you guys are not trying to trade him before he trades you. Then one of us is a fool, and I tell you who it ain't. Yeah, he said he's not leaving Portland yet, which means he's not. To me, that just means demanding a trade. I'm not demanding a trade, but that's one of those in your best interest. Yeah. It would behoove you to start looking to get some assets back. When it's time to go somewhere, when somebody say I ain't left yet, what does that mean? I'm leaving here soon. <laughs> yeah, the yet means I'm leaving. Just I ain't but- left yet. If if you leave it with me, you better be ready to go. <laughs> oh, hey, like when your boy took you to the playland at, at, at McDonald's. If you if you roll with me, you need to go ahead and get in the car. Yeah. This car yep. will be leaving with or without you. <laughs> so it'll be interesting, man. It, to me, that was just something to talk about because Dame is definitely out of there. We keep saying it. We just now it's a matter of when, not if. Moving on, moving on, moving on. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Chicago Wheeling and Dealing Bulls have come to a three-way signing trade with Portland. The Bulls get Derrick Jones Jr. Portland, uh, the Bulls get Derrick Jones Jr., Portland's lottery-protected first, and the Cavs' future second. Portland gets Larry Nance, and Cleveland gets Lori Markinen. Now that I read the parameters of this, there's no way that Kevin Love is staying there, is there? Well, other than the fact that the Cavs said that they're not trying to buy him out, and he says that he doesn't want to be bought out, so they seem to be in lockstep about him not leaving. But all of us rational human beings who use our brain to come up with ideas and whatnot understand that why would you have Lloyd Marketing and Kevin Love and Mobley and Jared Allen at the same time? This makes no sense. And Don't what about Isaac Okoro too? Yeah, but he's a three. He's he's that he's a wing. The the, the yeah. thing is is what what have you seen in, since LeBron has left that makes you want to invest sixty million dollars into Kevin Love? And if anybody can give me an answer to that, I'll give you Nothing. sixty million dollars. <laughs> and if you're Kevin Love, you from L.A. That's uh, why like, he must have, like really put roots down in Cleveland, and he must really be involved in the community or everything because. Cleveland is if I'm for LA, ain't no way I'm staying in Cleveland. I don't think LA wants him. Why do you want a guy who's hurt? You, that one thing that the Lakers need is not another hurt body. They need somebody who can play. And Kevin Love, we ain't really seen you play much lately uh, at all. And at I'm all. De- and the Lakers can't. Af- oh, I guess they could afford him on a buyout, but they yeah, need. They get a, that's a vet minimum sign. Minimum their, signing. Their roster spot is probably. I would consider that roster spot too valuable to just throw away. And Kevin Love. And He's think about like, away. yeah, Kevin Love, Gasol, like you, Dwight, like you already got some, some 
questionable old players. Old folks. They old. Yeah. That's a geriatric team over yeah. there. So, hey, Kevin, uh, shout out. First of all, the lead was the Bulls willing and dealing. Shout out to the Bulls. They have made a lot of good moves this year. The Bulls. This offseason. They are committed. They're committed to doing something. And I give yeah. them credit because it's a lot of teams in the NBA who are committed to doing nothing. The Boston Celtics specifically, they are specializing in doing a whole lot of absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, yep, yep. Well, let's let's break up some of the monotony with some with something funny. Evan Fournier, for you guys, for my 2K players, and if you're not a 2K player, you can 15 second this segment a couple times because if you're not this a 2K player, games. what are you what are you even doing, man? It's about video games, it's about video games. Evan Fournier said that he is upset with NBA 2K as every player is, but not for what every re- not for the same reason. All the other players are upset with NBA 2K because of their ratings. Evan Fournier is upset because they make him look like a damn fool <laughs> on the game. They make him look like Marilyn Manson with the toupee. <laughs> My so, thing is they mess him up every year, and it's like worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And I will say Evan Fournier does have a pretty indiscriminate face, so I can mm-hmm. understand how it might be difficult to animate but let me tell you, they are doing the absolute worst job. Like whoever is responsible for for uh animating and creating the Evan Fournier 2K guy, you got you need to be fired. You can't be this <laughs> bad at this time. I think like, honestly, you, I think you, you really joke. like mailed it in. Like, you know what? Let's just listen this, see what they say. I th- I think it was a joke. But I have that I have to ask, do you think the contract is worse or this animation is worse? Because both are bad. They are equally trash. I think I think the animation is a great visual <laughs> visual representation <laughs> of the contract. <laughs> hey dog, just make me look like my contract. Shitty. Somebody yeah. else that has a problem with NBA 2K is Luka Doncic because he was rated a 59 in his first year on 2K. And he definitely wasn't a 59. So we need to go back. And, and of course, we don't have this information. But whoever was scouting these teams and ranked Luca a fifty nine in twenty seventeen, my guy, don't dribble a basketball, don't think about a basketball. You don't. You need to go do something else. Because for you to think that Luca Doncic was a fifty nine in twenty seventeen, fam, mind you, he was still probably the best player in the second best league in the world. Um, the copious amounts of illegal drugs that you must have been taking to come up with that. <laughs> Oh my goodness, sir! You should have several seats. Uh, yep. Your your career is about as bad as Evan Fournier looks in in two K. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking speaking of folks that have issues with each other, uh, Big Perk and Draymond. Big Perk said Draymond don't want none of these problems. He said if I put them paws on Draymond, Draymond is nothing but a talker, but nothing but a yapper. Uh, we talked about Draymond and his journalism skills, where he interviewed Katie last week. And Big Perk said, yes, Draymond did a very good job, but he's all about talking and he don't want these problems. I think that this would be a great segue for them to both get on TNT and become the new Charles and Shaq. What do you think about this, Norwood? You think, actually, you think Draymond can beat up Perk? I actually like that. I, would, I actually wouldn't mind Richard Jefferson being on that show, too. Uh, he's pretty witty. He is. He's very well. I, I will say, like, this next group of guys is pretty good. I got a chance to listen to Channing Fry. He was really good. Uh, I listen to Richard Jefferson all the time, formerly on the jump before ESPN blew that. Uh, Perk is entertaining. And Draymond, you know, we, we just talked about the KD interview last week. He's, he's very good at, at, at that already. So, yeah, I would like to see all of these guys, you know, in some type of rotation in that next group of guys that comes up. Uh, so I'm game for it, but come on, Perk, you you're way bigger than Draymond. Like, pick somebody Perk, you seven, you seven feet three hundred. Yeah, pick somebody in your weight class and then be tough, man. You gonna pick? You gonna pick the undersized big? Like, and you're a big big, and you are gonna pick the undersized big? And be like, oh, I beat him up. I'm sure, but, but um, this take is, is very similar to the majority of Kendrick Perkins takes. Right? <laughs> um, oh, trash! Are, are we recording? <laughs> Moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, some good news that came out of the NBA. The NBA PA, the NBA Players Association, 
uh, is going to help renovate the historical Rucker Park in New York. Why is this on the Players Association? Rucker, Rucker is is one of the basketball institutions. Like NBA, you should probably have not. Like you should be all taking the lead on these type of things. But yeah. I'm glad the Players Association is responsible, and I and I think that this will probably be more players going back to playing in the Rucker. And we always know every time that happens, that's it's amazing. I still I just watched KD play in that Rucker game not that long ago, just destroying humans. Yep. Yep. And, you know, every historical basketball player, it's almost a rite of passage. LeBron, no, LeBron is the only one that didn't play. Yeah. Kobe played the Rucker. Kobe, um, KD, Kyrie, Julius Irving, Wilt Chamberlain. It's the Rucker, man. Like It's the Rucker. You got to play there. Now, what I'm interested, what I do want to know is, remember, we talked about CJ McCollum as the new NBA Players Association president. I wonder if this was Chris Paul's last doing or CJ McCollum's first. Either way, it shows that they're going to be in good hands moving forward. Joint venture. I would assume a joint venture. Those are two guys who are pretty responsible with the game um, and mm-hmm. two smart guys. Yep. And then finally, moving on to our last topic in basketball, uh, uh, some stories came out last night or night before last about Nerland's Noel. So Nerland's Noel just signed – a deal with the Knicks to come back to the Knicks, right? right. Um, before that, he was with the 76ers, and then he was with the Mavericks. And when he was with the Mavericks, the Mavericks offered him a four-year, $70 million deal in which uh, his agent uh, at the time negotiated with it and told him, that's what I could get you. And he was ready to sign. And then Rich Paul, the bronze homie from Clutch Sports, got into Nerlens Noel's ear, allegedly, and told him to turn down that deal in hopes of more money. And for those that know that the ending of this story, we know that it didn't work out. He didn't have a great year in Dallas, and he didn't have a great year in Philly. He was not Philly, in New York. He was decent, but he, he wasn't great. And he ended up losing out on money. Now Nerlens Noel is going to... Uh, He's going to sue Clutch Sports, saying that Clutch Sports cost him $58 million in forfeited salary after he declined the $70 million offer from the cat from the Mavericks. I have my thoughts on this, but I'm gonna let you go first. Norwood. I just it's it's a risk. You take the risk. If you if you underperform and end up stealing on your contract, Kevin Love, you don't give the money back to the agent, <laughs> do you? So if you miss out on some money because of the agent, it's still your decision. Like he's only an advisor. You still sign your name. And if you take the L, man, take the L. Just like you took against the Hawks in the playoffs, bro. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Sensitive subject for some. Basically, to me, he pulled a John, he pulled a John Collins. John Collins bet on himself and went from 90 million to Oh, no, 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 no. He 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 pulled a Dennis Schroeder. Let's get it clear. Oh, yeah, he pulled a Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> He pulled a Dennis Schroeder and ended up losing money. But that he didn't lose money because of Rich Paul. He lost money because of his performance. And you can't, you don't have any offensive skill whatsoever. You're you're just a seven-foot rim protector. That was an overpay. And is that overpay to Dallas? You would have probably end up still getting traded to the Knicks. You just probably got paid more. Um, but, yeah, they definitely would have tried to move you. They already got one tall guy who doesn't play very well um, or play enough in Chris Dallas Porzingis. So y'all going to stand next to each other and, and both be ineffective. Yep. Yeah. And the thing, and the thing about it is this is really in response to when Paul, uh, Paul's clutch sports filed a grievance with the union claiming that Noel did not pay his $200,000 commission on one on last season's one year five million dollar deal with the Knicks. Oh boy. So it's, it seems like it's about to get real ugly. It's definitely gonna get ugly if you don't pay my 200 k People have died for less. Know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean that sounds like that's what a four percent four percent uh five percent would be two point five. So it's a bubble yes. and that's what it is. <laughs> It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Well, Norwood, if you don't have anything else, man, we come to the end of our NBA segment and our basketball segment. 
let's get into some trending topics. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with our final segment of episode 21 of the Splashcast, Trending Topics. We've got a few topics we're going to talk about today. Of course, the first one is the bombshell. Everybody knows that the Currys seem to be the model family of athletes and parent support in the NBA. They have uh, three children. Um, two of them in the NBA. One of them played volleyball. The mom, um, Sonia, played volleyball at Virginia Tech. The father, Dale, played vo- uh, basketball at Virginia Tech. They met high school love, fell in love, had three kids. Seems like this week a bombshell dropped, and it looks like Dale and Sonia are getting a divorce after 33 years of marriage. This left a lot of people wondering what happened. Because, as you know, they've always put the per, their best foot forward publicly, and they've been a united front. Well, it seems that Dell is saying that Sonia cheated on him with a former New England Patriot. And it's, it's also come out that they've been separated for years. And Sonia's saying that Dell ain't never been, never been faithful. That boy said, this is the Patriot way. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we're not going to get too far in the weeds into it because, you know, private life is private life. Um, But it's it's, it's a sad day. And they were were fun to see on TV supporting both of their children. This is an unfortunate situation. Uh, I hope they come to a resolution. Looks like Kim and and Kanye are going to try to make it work out. Hey, Dale and Sonya. But also, be happy. And if... Yeah, if you got to go somewhere else to be happy, do that. Y'all still together for 33 years. You created the greatest shooter of all time. That's a hell of a resume. If y'all want to just close this thing out, I get it. Yep, 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 yep. Well, uh, we're not going to stay on that topic too long. Moving forward, man, Shakari Richardson out here just slaying herself. Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. You talk too much, man. We Why do you say she talk too much? Why do you say she talk too much? But now she got beef with Alex and Felix. She's she sub whatever these people doing. It ain't a tweet. It's just subtweet. Yeah, it's, it's subliminaling something. You but, respond to somebody without actually saying their name. Man, you came in last. <laughs> like I, you're last. L A S T last. That means everybody else ran faster than you, and you're supposed to be the fastest person on the planet. And then you get sensitive because people got jokes. Right. If you come in last, my grandmama is going to make jokes. Well, baby, you should have probably ran a little faster. Uh, my grandmama made jokes on me. <laughs> like, you, you, know are, you are not immune to comedy. You, you know you're supposed to outrun everybody, right? <laughs> you know, they're supposed to see the back of you. You're not supposed to see the back of them. <laughs> like, yeah, you, might, you might be good at a different sport because you ain't look that good in that one, baby. And the thing is, the thing is, that Allison Felix didn't say anything bad. She said, I know that she's obviously been through so much and I hope that she's just supported. I hope people really rally around her. Obviously she has a great personality and she's brought a lot of attention to the sport. And I think she'll be in the sport for very long. I just think more athletes than anything. I just think more than anything for all athletes, there's so much that goes into it. Just give her the support that she needs. And Shikari responded and said, encouraging words on TV shows just shows are just as real as well nothing at all so she basically said alice felix words don't mean nothing that was just a publicity stunt but it's just like i hate this participation trophy award time period that we live in where you can't say anything that's not super positive even though you came in last place Mm -hmm. like what are your coaches saying like this is bad you lost. You like you lost to everybody. Instead of being sensitive, just how about you outrun them? If you outrun everybody, then I'm sure everybody will mysteriously shut up. Uh it's so I don't 
to me, it's about repre- representing yourself, right? There's a difference between being confident and being arrogant. And for the most part, everybody embraced Shakari because she's confident and she's been doubted when she's been through a lot. Now you're starting to get to the nasty side and you're starting to step into arrogance. You started stepping into arrogance when you tweeted Dirty Olympics, do y'all miss me yet? Yeah, and no, then, no, no. It's only arrogant if you're not winning. If you're not winning, then you're right. If I'm the best and I'm not there, then yeah, y'all probably should miss me. But if you come in last in the very next race, I don't think them girls from Jamaica, I mean, they you missed them. They ran right past you. Yeah. So Shakari, man, I, I hope I hope that somebody gets around you and gets in your ear. This is she's definitely uh the poster child for needing public relations and public relations representation. You well, need I, PR. You need PR. I only, you only she only needs PR because she's losing. When you're winning, you don't need if she was doing this and she was winning, I I I like it. I support it. Talk your trash, go out there and dominate. But you come in last and you're talking trash, well, that's your ass. I disagree because if she was still talking trash or whatever and told Allison Felix that that uh, your words are fake and they mean nothing, I, I don't think I don't think that would have gone well, whether she won or lost. I think it's it's been magnified because she came in last. But I still think that that's an arrogant statement, whether she won or lost to me. No, I mean, I, I may tend to, to lean towards more arrogant people. Um but for me, yeah, you can you you are able to talk all the trash that you want to talk if you are the best. But you definitely cannot talk any. But trash. this didn't have to do with competition, though. This was you could talk trash about competition. She was talking about oh you know, oh oh her Alice, blunt. All of that comes with being who like being a top level world class athlete. Mm-hmm. You just you can be sensitive, but it's it's not going to be fun. I guess, man. I guess I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying 100. percent But eh, whatever. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, we always want to talk about black athletes um, doing well and not blowing their money fast. We highlighted a few athletes last week: Kevin Durant, um, Giannis, to name a few, that are investing their money. Another person that has kind of been at the forefront of investing their money quietly, but now it's kind of out in the open because of social media, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille a long time ago said that he wanted to own Reebok. And there's been a lot of stories that came out about Master P owning, trying to get Reebok. And as you know, Nike has always been at the, the top of the sneaker game. And as recently within the last decade, Adidas, has kind of overtaken Reebok. But when we were younger, Reebok was number two. And now they had they had athletes like Allen Iverson on there. And now... And, and, okay. and Shaq. Shaq was a Reebok athlete too. Yeah, Shaq too. Shaq too. Now the news has come out that Reebok is, has an impending sale to Authentics Brands Group. Uh, Authentic Brands Group is a company that Shaquille O'Neal owns an exorbitant amount of shares in. Uh, he sold the rights to his name brand. He sold the rights to his name brand to the company in exchange for ownership. But continuing, O'Neill has owned shares in ABG since 2015. The brand owns dozens of retail, has many retail acquisitions, including Forever 21, Barney's, and JCPenney. Um, it entered into an agreement to buy the Reebok brand from Adidas in a mostly cash deal of 2.1 billion euros or 2.5 billion US dollars. And it's set to close on the deal in quarter one of 2022, which means Shaq will be on uh, owner of Reebok. That's pretty crazy, man. What's your thoughts, man? Do you think that Shaq's ownership in Reebok will uh, boost the brand and bring them back to prominence and be able to rival Nike and Adidas? My thing was, number one, this is all, like a lot of this is Kanye's fault. Um, Kanye went to Adidas, took, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you there. Kanye took over, well, I'm not going to say he took over Adidas, but Kanye's influence on Adidas and their sneakers has positioned them to be not a rival to Nike, 
but to be moving in that direction. And they put headway between them and everybody else. Um, and that's Kanye, without a doubt. Because before Kanye, nobody really... Adidas was soccer only. But now you have, you know, your casual shoes and you have like whatever. I don't even know what sneakers these are, like the foam, whatever. I don't even know what that is. The Yeezy, like the Yeezy Boost was the shoe, like, and then Nike copied it with the Roshi and everything else. But right now, when it comes to innovation and like really knowing your marketplace, it's Adidas. So, yeah, you have Nike, who's always been number one. You have Adidas, who is like really kicking ass. And now you're like Reebok. What you got? And well, well, Adidas brought Reebok, right? They brought them in 2006, and they had a plan to kind of turn them around. They bought them for 3.1 billion, 3.8 billion oh, in correct. 2006, and they had that plan to turn them around. Uh, had a 10 year plan, and in 2000, from 2006 to 2016, and then in 2020, the revenues had declined so bad that they were like, "We we trying to sell it. We've lost we've lost 1.7 billion dollars." Yeah. So they had to get rid of it. Man, you paid 3.8 and uh, and lost 1.7 that fast? Mm-hmm. Billion with a B in 10 years. That's that's called a problem with a P. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> boy, capitalize that, that bad boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Is... But but it's good, man. So shout out to Shaq. Shout out to Shaq with Authentics Brands Group. Uh I hope this goes through quarter 2022. A quarter one, 2022. And if you see me in some Reeboks after that, it's called support. So shout out to them. Moving on and trending topics, moving on with the withdrawal of Serena Williams from the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is now missing four of their, or tennis, the, the tennis association. And the U.S. Open is missing four of their top performers in Venus, Serena, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer will all miss the uh, U.S. Open. Now, not the reason why, why are we talking about this? Because not too long ago, everybody was talking about Naomi Osaka when she pulled, when she uh, withdrew from the, uh, what she withdraw from, Wimbledon? Uh, yes. Wimbledon. Yeah, she withdrew from Wimbledon. So now every, it seems that, again, she was at the forefront of this, and Serena got hurt. First of all, Serena got hurt. She's not withdrawing from mental thing. Mental. I, I actually have a little different take on this. I just think that we're getting old, man. I mean, we're at a point now where you see uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees is gone. Peyton Manning is gone. You know, they just waiting on Tom to go, but you know, he's not going to be here forever. Then you look at LeBron. Um, you know, Chris Paul, we're about to, you know, those guys are probably going to be out here the next two or three years. And then it's the same thing with Venus, uh, Serena, Roger. You know, it's just a point where you're going to have a change in guard. You're going to have new you, tennis needs, new players. Now, you know, they do have, luckily enough, Naomi Osaka, and they also have Coco Golf. So I think that they're probably headed in the right direction. Uh, I would really like to see. I some- say men's, the men's side is floundering. Yeah, I was about to say I would really like to see some some really good black men's tennis players. I think that would be I think that would be excellent, and I think there's a space for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think for me it's just we're getting older, and now it's the changing of the guard. You're gonna have some new guys uh, to make it exciting. Very very true, very very true. Well, keeping it moving, keeping it moving. We touched on this earlier in the NBA segment, but it has been made official. Uh, ESPN has removed Rachel Nichols from NBA coverage and. Uh, canceled the jump. Shout uh, out to ESPN for just ruining everything. Like, whatever it is that you might have that might be good, you just ruin it. First of all, Rachel Nichols was excellent. Number two, mm-hmm. the jump was excellent. Number three, she was actually giving athletes a space to have the conversations that they wanted to. And then also giving a lot of these guys their first opportunity to get into broadcasting, journalism, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It was a very good transitional show. You're right. And then, and, and that's the NBA's only daily show. So what are they going to do now? They're going to fire her, cancel the show, and then remake the show. Well, it seems that ESPN is in a bit of a flux. So in a bit of, in a bit of transition. Uh, with the jump, uh, they also lost Maria Taylor through all of this. And I think that was really what sealed her deal. I think they would have kept Rachel Nichols and everything if Maria Taylor had stayed with ESPN. 
But the fact that she left and went to NBC, NBC Sports, there's no reason to keep her. I mean, there's no reason to keep Rachel Nichols. And then you oh, also have a great Max. show, and she's well, the executive producer. Well, well, wait. Well, my point is, you you then have Max Kellerman who is leaving the Stephen A. Smith show to do radio. So it seems like ESPN is in a bit of flux. And Rachel Nichols, I mean, unfortunately, she signed. She is, this is a testament to who you keep around you, right? Because if you listen to the tape, she didn't really say too much anything wrong. She didn't say anything bad. She said, yo, I deserve to be to do the uh to do the finals. That's in my contract. That's what I deserve to do. Now, the other guy said, you know, I'm tired of Black Lives Matter. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. All of that stuff. Now he said all that. And she was on the phone call and she didn't dispute it. And that's what sealed her fate, especially in today's climate. But the jump, I am gonna miss the jump though. That was a really good show. I used to listen to the jump or watch the jump every day. Now, I mean, Max Kellerman is just trash. Just not good. All right, bro. Yeah. Go back, go back to doing what you know, boxing. Um, or rapping. Either one of those. He um, did rap. <laughs> and and it was it was sadly enough worse than his show. Um Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you see it? It's tragic. Uh, but for me, man, the thing about it, and especially like now in the in in the time that we live in now, Rachel can go do this show anywhere. Me and you got a podcast. What's the difference of her taping the show? All you need is a studio. You, you executive produced it, so you were running the entire show. And I'm sure that all of those guys who worked for ESPN will still come support, like, or find new guys. Like you're an NBA insider. It, I was it, say, you probably don't have to find a new guy. But yeah, she can. She can do it herself. It's it's all about um, support for her and who will support her. And I wonder. I wonder if ratings. I, I would love to see the ratings of the show. Like, did the ratings go down after the Maria Taylor comments came out? Man, that's it's frustrating because Rachel Nichols is a very good interviewer. She's a good producer, and she create like that show did not exist before her. But very true. They are consistent in that, if anything. Yep, yep, yep. Moving on, moving on. Um, we talked about Shaq investing in some, uh, investing and hopefully buying Reebok. Uh, a couple other athletes, including Venus and Serena, own shit, own, are part owners of the Dolphins. Uh, LeBron owns his, and his investment group own Liber, own are partial owners of Liverpool Football Club and the Boston Red Sox. Patrick Mahomes, of course, does Kansas City Royals and uh, Sporting KC, which is soccer. Giannis bought is part minority owner of the Milwaukee Brewers. Naomi Osaka owns the North Carolina Courage. Russell Wilson has ownership in the Seattle Sounders. James Harden has ownership in the Houston Dynamo Football Club and the Dash. So, and then there's Kevin Durant, who owns has money invested everywhere, including the Philadelphia yeah. Union. Money hit everywhere. <laughs> so the the reason we brought this up is because it, we want to highlight that these athletes. There's a new day. There is no there. I don't really see a lot of ESPN thirty for thirties of athletes blowing all their money anymore. Star athletes seem like they've saw they've seen that and they saw it and are like, mm, let me invest my money. And now they're about they're going into ownership, and and the the, the story is changing. What's your thoughts, Norwood? I I like this. I was like I was one of the early people who was like people would be bashing athletes for blowing all their money, and I'll be like, well, yeah, if you give somebody all the money that they're gonna make at eighteen years old, they are gonna mess that up. I don't care who you are. If you're not Warren Buffett, you're gonna blow it. I hate to tell you. So to judge these people are. are who made these large sums of money is people who don't even make any money who blowing their money. So I'm, I'm glad to see now that we're in a position where these guys are doing different things. Of course we have Grant Hill as an owner of the Hawks too. So Ooh, um, forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Big G, uh, big G. So I'm thrilled about it. It's, it's good. I want to see more of it and I want to see it in all sports, specifically the major four. Yep. 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 And our final, our final uh, topic we wanted to talk about was Tanaya Alexander. 
Tanaya Alexander is a player for the LSU soccer team. And after making a goal, she decided she's from Baton Rouge. Um, after making a goal, she protested by showing, lifting up her shirt where she had a T-shirt on that says stop police brutality. Of course, you know that the NCAA and most sports organizations say that they they don't they don't support protests political protests in sports right they don't the ncaa especially the ncaa they don't support anything of individuality the name image and likeness law just came out that was a 30 40 year fight uh so for her to protest is is something that i wanted to bring light on man what's your thoughts on this norwood my issue is with the backlash. She said, mm. Stop police brutality. And people, how, how can you object for asking the police not to whoop another human's ass? Like it literally <laughs> says on your card to protect and serve. So, so her, I think this is a fair request. I don't understand why, what about this you can't support or get behind. And if you can't get behind it, it probably leads me to believe that you support police brutality. Yeah, I, it's unfortunate, man. It's it's unfortunate the backlash. It shows how humanity is not always human. Not every human is born with empathy and humanity towards others, and it's sad. But I give her all of the props and LSU for standing up and saying that they're going to support her. Which Shout out really to LSU choice. for not blowing that. Because a yeah. lot of teams probably would have blew that. Missouri. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I had to think about it. Yeah, Missouri. Don't forget, drop that ball, boy. They dropped that ball. Oh so, man. Oh man. Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of part two, and we come to the end of the entire episode twenty-one of the Splash Cast. Twenty-one, baby. What you got, man? What you got? Take us out. Number one, while we're podcasting, Nebraska's defensive line is destroying Illinois, and they probably not going to have any quarterbacks by the end of the game. Um, <laughs> that first dude, he was on that golf cart, and I'm going to tell you, it did not look good, and then they immediately came in and sacked that next dude, so he probably like, I'm on borrowed time. <laughs> we just started the season, and it's already over. Uh, so, yes, number one, keep keep the Illinois quarterbacks in your prayers. Uh, outside of that, more black cowboys and cowgirls, more black baseball. Of course, once again, Splash Cash 12 Pack on Wednesday and the Master List. All the tunes you might ever need to hear in your whole life. And I got a new five playlist on the way. Uh, Tuesday, of course, is the Atlanta episode. Thursday is this national episode that you are getting right now in your headphones. Uh, outside of that... You could have been anywhere else in the world. You came and kicked it with me and Reggie. We're eternally thankful. And of course, hang out. Hang out. I'm a top dog nigga. I don't listen to me out. This a comic book pistol. When I hit you, it's a pound. From the city by the sea. LB, not a pound. From a block full of babies. Make them see the ultrasound. Top dog. I get collect cars, press five on them. When it comes to bitches, I got Stop being broke cause you could die from it Shit my pops name Ricky He gon' die running Never play it safe bitch I'ma slide something Fuck the farms with my new bitch I been thigh rubbing Having sex in my Rolex Cause my time coming I go incognito for I let a bitch hide something I'ma walk your Chico Turn it on to a freak hole Being blunt like a pre-roll I'm the neighborhood hero It's funny how I got all this driving Back in the day I got repos